How's my energy level at the moment? Um, I have been checking. Uh, I'm checking you got an assistant. I'm from Greek, uh, Greek people, and I'm just testing. Okay. Oh, it's very good. Watch fucking stick there. Oh, just yeah. days. Banana bean people, they have big cocks. What the fuck is doing? And very natural nature, very big. Okay. Big. All right. Cock is big. So, is this on charge? Yeah, charge, 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 charge. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Northern Beaches number one podcast. I'm your host, Zach, and you're listening to the WHIP podcast. Um, and today we've got Abe stepping in from Kachai. Hola. Um, so unfortunately, Elliot can't be here due to unforeseen circumstances. So thankfully, our mentor, our father, Abe is here to support the team. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Dark. Uh, I know I'm not as uh, um, eloquent and handsome as Elliot, but I'll do my best today. Oh, mate, you give him a good run in for the good looks. <laughs> but today we've got a very special guest. Um, he's come a long way and we're very thankful um, that he's made the time because he's got a lot of things going on. So can we please welcome Roger Fabri? Roger Fabri. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No worries, Roger. So there's the mic down there for you. Okay, thank you. Um, so you had a big drive all the way out here, didn't you? Yeah, it took me an hour. Oh, so you need to hold the mic today? Okay. Thanks, mate. Cool. Thank you. I love the introduction and the get up. Where was the inspiration for that? Oh, I've been confused lately. Fair enough. <laughs> so, you know, I need to... Um, I'm a big believer of, you know, if you feel something, you should wear it. Yeah, definitely. It. Definitely. You know, I'm not one of hiding emotions or hiding anything the way I feel. So mental health plays a part in my life. And at the moment I'm confused. So I thought this was appropriate. It is. Very, I, I really like it. Love the watch as well. And it's, it's a very confusing world. So it's good to see someone standing up for something. Absolutely. It is. A, it actually is a fucked up world, to be honest, I, 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 have, to, I have to say. I think that uh, unfortunately you guys are very young. You would never have seen what I would describe as a world being normal yeah sure you know you have people contemplating what gender they are um people very very sensitive about how you speak to them and what you say to them gotta be very cautious and especially in a field of my own yeah but i'm you know people know me that i'm not politically correct and i push boundaries because i i refuse to adapt to this type of world the way it's become i don't like it i think that um it's just taken the fun out of living. Yeah, sure. You know, everything that you say to somebody can be taken out of context. And clipped and up. Badly. And you can understand, I'm in a, I'm in a industry where I'm looked at as a mentor for young kids. You know, a lot of kids that train with me. Um, but, you know, I feel that that political correctness has, has lost that freedom for them to just experience and enjoy life and be happy and 
not not everything has a double meaning to it. Sure. If I say to a to a young girl, "God, you look good," it doesn't mean I want to fuck them. Yeah, you know, it just means that they look good because they train hard, and that's why I'm in that f- area of of fitness and performance. And by giving them credits and compliments, that's that's important to me. You know, and it shouldn't be taken out of a context. You know, it's like, uh, and at the same time, I'm a quite ruthless coach, so. You know, I, I draw the line and push the barriers. That's just me. That's just the way it has. At the end of the day, um, I hope this doesn't sound big-headed, but there wouldn't be a trainer in this country that has the resume that I have. No, definitely. And you, so according to your um, LinkedIn profile, did a little bit of research. And you've worked with big names. Yeah. Josh Adokar, Jared Haynes, Sonny yeah. Bill Williams. Yeah, I can, the list will go on and on and forever and ever. Yeah, those types are probably the guys that you're familiar with, but I've been having that higher echelon ever since I've been in coaching. Like some guys like Phil Blake and Craig Coleman, those guys, I'm not sure they were way before your times, but I've been uh, synonymous with names of the highest level for a very long period of time. You're only sure. talking about those ones is because most of the guys or your your audience, they're familiar with. So yeah. um, it didn't happen overnight though. You know, I didn't suddenly just jump out of a box and suddenly everybody wanted to train with me. You know, it took a lot of hard work and a lot of time, a lot of dedication and a lot of fucking free sessions, man. Yeah, sure. A lot of free sessions of people don't understand how much I had to fucking grind to be here. People just think, and you guys have an, a, a significant advantage that I have. You have social media to be able to help you create a platform. You know, in my day, there was no such thing as the internet. Word of mouth was the only way that I used to be able to get around. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't have the luxury of displaying my skills on a tablet or a phone that you could go and have a look at and say, oh, he might be interesting. I had to travel everywhere to be able to get an opportunity to people get a chance just to see what I could do. So uh, I'm not trying to big night myself again, but there wasn't. it didn't happen just overnight. And anyone who wants to get into the performance industry and think that they're just going to be fire without actually doing the hard yards, then you're fucking dreaming. Yeah, sure, of course. I could imagine there wouldn't be easy starting from the ground up. It would be like to... you guys with your podcast. I mean, um, you're just starting at an entry level, yeah. or I'm not sure how long you've been around for, but it's a grind. And if you're not willing to grind and get in there and do the, t- the hard yards and uh, speak to two people, which is probably what your audience may have been when you first started, then... This is not for you. It's just about perseverance. Yeah, it's about grinding and it's about trying to give the audience the best job that they can get. Separate yourself from somebody else. And I think I do a good job of doing that. I think that. you, yeah. You're very different to all of our other guests that yeah. we've had. We've had politicians Clearly. on and <laughs> none of them are as confident as you, which is all really cool to see, especially yeah. in this day and age. And that's the other thing. Again, you know, it's people might look at confidence or arrogance. It's a very fine line between the two of them, but... You've got to back yourself. If you don't back yourself, then you stay regular. Yeah, and, definitely. You know, I'm a big big fan of uh, backing my confidence and backing – as I said before, I suffer heavily. I don't know if I did say it, but I suffer heavily with mental health very much. And um, so if you can fight that war, I mean, you can fight any war. You know, I, I've been – through the shithouse. I've been to jail. I've been through mental health situations. And by far and away, the mental health war has been the hardest and it never seems to finish. So you've got to be able to have that tenacity to be able to do that. Back yourself. Back yourself. 
There's nothing wrong with showing a little bit of confidence. If I don't believe I'm the best at what I do, then if you come to me in a, as an athlete, how do I make you be the best version of you if I don't believe I'm the best version of me? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. So you've, it sounds like you've faced a lot of things in your life and you have persevered. Like you're, that's, It feels like that's the main message that you like and try to teach your young students as well. Absolutely. Look, you would be ignorant to think that life doesn't have adversities or hurdles. You yep. know, nothing was all smooth sailing. You know, if you got yourself mesmerised in a world of social media where only good things are ever promoted, then it's a world of Disneyland. Yeah. Because you learn the greatest things out of all the challenges that you go through. Definitely. And each time I go through a, a period, and still at the age of 56, um, every time I go through a type of adversity or overcome a situation, I get more strength out of it. Yeah, for sure. You know, and it, it's um, and life is like that. You know, I just had a, a girl just come back from the Commonwealth Games who's ranked number one in this country in – and it's an unfortunate time because all the publicity right now seems to be around the Matildas. Yeah. And then, uh, so if, if you're a female in any sport, you're just going to get cut. And all, athletics is already thrown to the curb. You never hardly see any type of promotion for it. I've heard you also say on other podcasts, there's no money in it as yeah, well. It's, no, it's no, so no. hard. So yeah. you're committing all that time. And, and so I needed this time right now for her to get some type of promotion and fire. And just things have worked against me. Australia has just won the Netball World Championships. Yeah. You know, uh, which get, has got very limited publicity, gone into probably the greatest achievement that Australia has done in women's sport for a very long time, making the quarterfinals, semi-finals in in a game that's global. Yeah, sure. Um, so all the hypes around them, and good, good for them, good for them. But it would have, it sort of needed to be my time as well. And the reason I did bring this up is because Delta, that girl in particular. Uh, was the youngest girl on the Australian team to make the World Championships last year. And she went to Colombia, all the way over to Colombia. And it's a very um, – she's in the hurdles. So if you make a mistake, you pay the ultimate price in hurdles. Like if you clip a hurdle, you're out. Yeah, sure. So she travelled all the way over to Colombia and that's exactly what happened to her. So it could have been catastrophic. It could have gone one way or the other. She got another chance to go national representation – and she learned so much from that adversity. She's come back this time as, as a dual uh, record holder. Wow. At the age of 16, she's ranked now number one in the world in two disciplines. And there's that perseverance for you like you've been teaching. And, you, and, and, I'll, and I promise you, so many people get born with the gift. Yep. And you would have heard this many, many times, you know, that old cliche is either, you know, you're either born with the gift or the other people just work hard, but if you get... A combination of the two which is rare which they work hard and born with the gift then usually that's greatness i'm gonna you got to throw something else into there there's other things that and and it's very difficult for you guys to understand you just sort of see the people that have got the whole package and it's a very very small percentage you can't honestly think that not every that there's only a few people that will go out and train in the rain or go out and train no matter all these motivational things that you see. The whole world is training hard. Yeah, the whole sure. world is, will do something that they think that everybody else is not doing. But there's many people that like, oh, yeah, I've got out there because nobody else will do it. But the point I'm trying to make is that that one athlete that you get very rarely, and I've been very blessed to have so many of them, they bounce different. You just know it, they bounce different. 
when I say they bounce different, they tick every box. You see the way that they prepare. You see the, the way they pay attention to detail, their body language. Every part of them is different to being regular. And they're the controllables in life because the uncontrollables in life is you're either born with it or you haven't got it. Yeah, sure. That is, that's just factual. You know, you can be great at doing everything you possibly can do to be the best version of yourself. But if you haven't been born with that gift, you will never get into that place, that podium. And that's something we can't control. Being on TV, those types of athletes where people have to pay attention to them. They're genetic. That's genetic. But the road to greatness is controlled by yourself. Yeah, definitely. And then um, I wanted to dive a little deep into your story as well. So our podcast is a, it's mainly based around life on the Northern Beaches. Um, And that's because that's where Elliot and myself grew up. And we believe um, where you grow up has a big impact on your (laughs) lives. Um, I have a perception. Sorry? I have a perception. Yes. So, um, so in my, if you're saying to me around the Northern Beaches and your listeners might get um, disappointed with what I, I feel that they're like privileged over here. Oh, well, everyone thinks the same. Okay, cool. Okay. But so I, th- I didn't know if that had... a popular opinion at all. Like everyone thinks that the people that live here, it's privileged. Yeah, I, d- that's I don't know. That's not entirely true. Do you feel that's true? That's no, not true. I'm not privileged. No, I don't. I don't. I, don't, I, don't, I, I Yeah, I was just going to say. I totally disagree. That mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know why it has that aura about it. Oh yeah. Oh, no, no, there must be a reason. Mm-hmm. Why? Why doesn't uh, Vaucluse have that? Yeah. I mean, they do to a certain extent. Yeah. But I, I, I live in a. Well, I used to live in a highly affluent area. Mm-hmm. So sure. I don't know what. I, I'll be honest with you. This culture of the northern beaches guys has happened since I was a young kid. Really, it was going that long. Yeah. And what was, what was the perception always then? The, the silver tail area. Yeah, it's right. like this, these guys are just like, I have no idea why. I don't know why if the uh, – and, and while we're talking about this, and I'm glad you brought this up because I have no idea on your concept. Yeah, sure. So, And, and I apologise, just time eluded me. I usually do watch something and, and try and get a, an idea. So, But even saying that, I perform heaps better if I just can roll off the cuff. So yeah. I don't like – if I have nothing planned, then I'm, I'm much better. Um, I don't know why there's been always a divide. It's like, oh, this side of the beach, uh, this side of the bridge, or that side of the bridge. Mm. I don't know why. It's But it's been there since I can remember. Yeah, I think it's that comes down to that feeling of sort of community. Everyone up this way is like, it's the insular peninsula, and if you don't know who someone is, you might not necessarily make them feel welcome. So Abe, Abe's actually from Chile. Yeah. Yeah, and so he moved here uh, uh, six years ago. Six years ago. But you obviously, I'm going to go against you now because okay. you, you obviously think that there is something to it. Otherwise, you wouldn't have named this to do with the northern beaches. So you're highlighting something as well. Yeah, because I love this place. So my story as well was I was blessed enough to live here, so I was actually adopted. Yeah, oh, that's fabulous. But when yeah, you yeah. say you're blessed enough. I don't get it still. Yeah, sure. So reiterate, both of you. Mm. So you're both saying, you just said to me mm. before, you don't feel privileged. Mm. But then he's counterproductive and saying he's blessed to live no, here. I said I'm not privileged. I agree. But I feel privileged because I love this place. I love the beauty of it. I love the community of it. So are you saying that, that, I, that I'm missing something though by living in Maroubra? No, not at no. all. 
Not at all. I live there too. Okay, but I, we're still just, we're going around like the circles. It's just like a It's somehow Northern Midges is better, but like I, I feel like everywhere in this country, is, it's just beautiful and it's amazing. Mate, you're talking to the preacher. Mm-hmm. I'm the biggest advocate for that. Mm-hmm. Your backstory is interesting. You've been adopted. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, so I I don't think it's better than any other place, but I just have a great love for this area because I was adopted. My birth mother was from Balinese, yep. from Bali. Um, and so she had to keep it a secret that she had gave birth to me and then was from Bali, so she came here to study. And so then every second that I'm here on the northern beaches, instead of maybe living a life that could have been harder, I've been blessed with a loving family, had a great school, had great friends, have had a, a great job. And that's why I love highlighting this podcast. area. And a great podcast, the number one. Okay. And that's, that's why... I've, we wanted to tailor the podcast around the Northern Beaches because we are so grateful to have such an amazing place to live in. And, then, this is that, and, then, and then saying that too, like as you were saying, that there's this privileged um, cloud of like Northern Beaches, but it's also mental, mental, mental health problems here and stuff that we all go through. So this is the platform that the boys have built is for just to talk about that, any of the problems that it's, uh, um, what a fabulous to the community, to, to the, to the and community. I love that, and it makes me even happier to be on here now. Yeah. I think it's a great service. Like, um, I know that, like, you, you think about it. how's my energy level at the moment? Um, I haven't been checking, um, I'm checking your energy level is cool. Oh, you got an um, assistant, <laughs> Roger's assistant, George, here. Oh, yeah, this so this is off. George. This Let guy, me have a look. I checked <laughs> Hello everyone. I'm uh, from Greek, uh, Greek people, and I just checked in. Oh, it's very good. Why don't you fucking stick there? Just stay. And that are being people that have big cocks and very natural nature, very big. Okay. Big. All right. And cock is big. So is this on charge? Yeah, charge. What? I'm good now. You're very good. Okay, bye bye. Thank you. Okay. okay. Thanks, George. Is that a, um, a daily activity or every, every I, hour? Uh, so I've, I've been um, I'm trying to lose some weight. Uh-huh. Yeah. So shock so, therapy. Well, it's not so much shock therapy. It's just... Um, <laughs> I reckon it's working already. Yeah, yeah. Like what's happened to me because I'm, I'm, I've lost a lot of energy from losing, trying to lose weight because I've been doing it dramatically. I've been doing... I know you've heard about intermittent fasting, but I'm hardly eating anything, right, because I want to get a good result. So... Um, what usually happens to a car when it it gets charged? You charge the battery. So you thought, why not? Why not try? We've been doing it on my balls. Yeah. So I I bought um, it's just just yeah. a charge nine hundred amp. They're pretty yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. But you got to get the wattage right, which yeah. is really important. So I'm fifty six. So yeah. Nine hundred amps is perfect yeah. for me. Yeah. What happens if you do too many? Are you overdose? I yes, pass, you, you pass away. Is it is it pleasant? Like, do you like it? Is it? Is it pleasant? It, it's it's not bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I used it um, while the soccer penalty shootout was on. Yeah, I went into my car naked. I saw that Instagram comment you made. Yeah, <laughs> and I actually passed out because the voltage was too much. So I ended up having to go to hospital, <laughs> <laughs> and I had to. I was put on a drip for fourteen hours. Yeah, right. <laughs> I lost completely fluid. Because you, if you, if, if George puts it up too loud, yeah, you orgasm without even knowing you're orgasming. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that was scary. Dangerous. So that was it was a very I'm difficult glad that he's period. Well trained. <laughs> yeah, he is. You, could, yeah, you wouldn't think so, but yeah, he got that's quite a good show. <laughs> what type of training do you have to go through for that? Oh, you go you you go through. Uh, well, I don't. I'm not, and this is no disrespect, but you have to go through the air force. Right. Okay. Yeah, because they're like flying. I did an induction period there, and uh, they threw me straight out. Oh no! Right. Yeah. On what grounds? Uh, just obscenity. Too good looking. Obscenity. Uh, just thought that the world, again, as I said to you, was just not politically correct yeah. already for me. No, yeah. Already, yeah. Is it, is it already now? No, definitely not. Hard times to Well, I keep years. pushing the barriers, you know, and people keep rising right, to yeah. me. Either some people come and, or some people abuse me. You can only imagine, yeah. and this, we go back onto a serious note right now. Look at what I'm doing. I'm giving ammunition to people who can't stand my progress. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So right now, they can interpret this whatever way they want to interpret, cut it up, which they will, and they'll comment on it just as like they will. They'll call me a pedophile or whatever they want. But that's just because I've succeeded. You know, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't, I don't really care what people think about me. I used to. And isn't it ironic? Like, let's talk about... And for your community, you guys are talking about mental health and trying to bring the community together, et cetera, et cetera. Now, think about this, right? I'm in a constant war here, which, and, and, and my psychologist even says to me, says, you know what, I can't understand it. You're a person who is constantly worried about the way you present or how you're going to perform but you give ammunition to people to fire bullets at you yeah. by your comments, by your ridiculousness. But you know what? To be honest, my counter-argument is, and you guys would understand this, having the joy of seeing people laugh at what I do and just enjoy having and just thinking, getting away from what they're feeling... Mate, that gives me the biggest enjoyment of all time. Yeah, how do you get uh, feedback on that? Do you interact with your fans or like on the street? How do, how do you get no, I, Look, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not a, a rock star, but I'm yeah. certainly for a 56-year-old guy, I've got swag. There's no doubt. You know, I've got fucking 30-odd thousand followers or whatever I have. I'm 56. I'm not a footballer or a, a model. Like I'm a sprint coach. Nobody would know any other spring coach. I'm the only spring coach you ever hear talked about. So how do I feel about it? Yeah, it does. It makes me feel good. That's a, that's the answer to the question. When people will stop me in the street, which doesn't happen often, but it does happen, and I'm walking with my family and someone wants to take a photo with me, my daughter's like, oh, what? Uh, do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's like when I got that blue tick, this is before covered in, covered in blue before tick. you can pay for it. Before you can pay for it, you know, I'm, mine's authentic. I earned my fucking blue yeah. tick. Like it's a it's a good feeling. Social media has its pros and cons. There's no yeah. doubt about that. You know, um, I like it because it's a, it distracts me from f thinking about me sometimes. And when you get shit comments, how do you react? I used to let it worry me. I don't I don't let it worry you anymore. Do you read them all though? No. I do. I read them. That's a good question. Um, Depends what mental state I'm in. Yeah, sure. Yeah. If I know it's if it, if it's not going to hurt twice. me, yeah. yeah. If it's not going to hurt me and I'm in a good place, yeah. If I know I'm in a bad place, which I have been in the last couple of weeks since I've been trying to lose weight, um, and that's serious, I have been because 
it's really funny. I've, I've only just noticed this. Um, you probably wouldn't even think that I need to lose weight, but I went to my doctor, right, and he he said that I'm, you know, you've got the BMI, you're in the body mass index, and as far as my body mass index, I, I'm described as obese, right? And I, being a, a real good speed coach or whatever what you want to call me, has allowed me to network with people who are the best in their industries. I have a philosophy in life. I believe just stick to what you're great at and be elite at it and let the others be great in their own individual fields. So around me, so if an athlete, for example, was to come to me and be under my guidance, then I only look after their speed work. And for their rehab, I have a specialist. Yeah. For their resistance component, I have a specialist. For their nutrition, I have a specialist. For a doctor, I have a specialist. So we network within each other. So we have a really good, like when I come there, the package that I give is of the highest class. So, and he was like, um, you know, I really want you to try and, uh, my, sorry, he says, to, uh, he says to me, I associate with you because you're great at what you're doing, right? My job, this is a doctor talking, right, is to keep you alive and I want you to be able to do everything possible to do that, right? So I want you to be the best version of yourself. I don't do drugs. I don't do alcohol. I don't do any – I don't do it for the simple fact, not because I want to – I don't want to fucking live till I'm – I don't want to be in a museum, you know, who am I going to be left with? I, I just want to be happy. That's my, my goal. I know if I do drugs or I do alcohol, then I'm going to pay the price. And what's I, don't, I can't justify five days of being on suicide watch just because I want to have 16 lines of coke. But that, I'm not. Was that something you had to work through? Or have you always I've had never, that? Okay, so I've never tried drugs in my life. I had once, I had a joint. Yeah. Ages ago. About, how old are you? 26. Okay. So it would have been before you I would have been about 16, right? I'm not saying that I thought you were 16. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that. You look young, though. (laughs) I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, And (laughs) thank God it was one of the worst experiences I've ever had in my life because it was like being on a trip that I couldn't get off. And I'm so happy I didn't enjoy it because I have such an addictive nature that if I did... I'd probably be fucked completely. So I'm I'm too scared to ever try anything like that. From so, I think I think a lot of people that do suffer with anxiety and depression as well. They all we have a very common denominator. I like we like I know we a lot of people escape themselves. And my addiction was gambling. I used yeah, to escape okay. the way I feel by gambling, by trying to forget about my problems. So, but in actual fact, it catastrophizes the problem even more. Because, you know, while you're away and not thinking about it, then suddenly if you lose all your money, you've got two problems. You're, you've got to not only worry about yourself, but you've got fucking no money to feed you. Yeah, definitely. So there's become, you're, you're catastrophizing the situation. Uh, my brother runs to alcohol and other people. And so um, it was very important to me that I, I try and limit these things. Mm. You know, I don't want to live like a monk, but at the same time I have much understand that there's a pride for every action there's a reaction and so for our listener who's might be facing the same kind of problems what were some tools that you use to help you get through that addiction okay. so but i do a lot yeah 
and and I'm 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 gonna besides, be besides the battery thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I I do a lot, and I'm not, and I and I still fall over hurdles. I still have my hiccups. Yeah. Um, but you'll be ignorant if you don't use all the tools that are in place. You guys are so lucky. It's so aware now. When I was young, there was mental health. No, when I went to the doctor and, and got diagnosed at the first place, nobody had even. Of course, they knew about it, but it was nowhere near as prevalent. There was no support. There was no. There was Lifeline. I think there might have been Lifeline, and there might have been one person that was doing a course, and I did that course. Um, I'm sort of getting away from the problem. So, what did I do? I do everything I can possibly do to make myself the best version of myself. So, my mental health regime is almost like a full time job. Yeah. I do therapy. Yeah. I am on medication. I do cold showers. I do meditation, I exercise, I do everything that's possible to try and help me be the best version of myself. The two areas that I could be better, which I'm trying to address now, is I could clean up my diet, which I'm trying to, and the other area is that I could potentially time manage myself better. I do have a business manager which helps me a lot in that, but I'm poor in those two areas. You said you had um, um addictive personality. Yeah. Would you say that are you addicted to find the best version of yourself with all the things you do? And you know what? That's such a great educated comment because that actually be, makes you anxious within itself. Yes. So I'm working with my therapist on exactly that. Okay. Yeah, wow. That's okay. a really educated comment. So there's two versions that I've, of myself. It's this Mr. Vulnerable and then this Mr. Perfection. Yeah. And this fucking Mr. Dangerous, yeah. It's dangerous. Oh. And I'm always looked at Mr. Perfection and he looks at Mr. Vulnerable and always is disappointed and it's exhausting mm. to always try and be Mr. Perfection all the time. And that's at the end of the, at the end of the day you're not going to be perfect. Like, none of us is. No, I agree. Get that. But you, when you're a high achiever, um, because as I said to you, I don't do many things good, but what I do do, I do great. Yeah. So if I coach, I'm telling you, you've never seen a coach like I coach. I can't get all this publicity if I wasn't damn good at what I do. I'm, and I, and yeah, I try right. to – I pride myself on that. But priding yourself on that, it, 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 it comes at a, at a price. Yes. Sometimes, I'll be honest with you, you, you know, sometimes it might be just nice just to be regular. But I wouldn't be sitting here if I was regular. You wouldn't be interested in me. No, I do, I, you'd be probably pretty interesting anyway. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> but it's being honest. Yeah, for sure. You wouldn't have me. You wouldn't know who I was. There's a million coaches out there. But it's it, it, it comes at a price. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And then, so, growing up too then, were there ever any people that you really looked up to or that you felt influenced you? So I, I, I was on... I, your story, your backstory is really motivating and inspiring to me in the little words that you just told me, right? And I could sort of relate to that. I come from an ethnic family, like simply to yourselves. You know, I, my father is Italian and my mother is also uh, Croatian, but also half Italian as well. Um, I, I had privilege. I had privilege. I wasn't privileged, but I had privilege from them working so hard by going to a private school um, at the start. And then I got a, a scholarship at a private school for my athleticism. I was the dumbest cunt in the world. I'm honestly. 
Um, well, I can relate to that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> fuck me dead. But um, so I, I, being ethnic, hardworking parents, I never really had a family life, you know, because they were just always at work. They never saw me run. They never saw any of my sporting yeah, achievements. Okay. I sort of lost that connection because, and not because they didn't love me. It's just a simple fact that they grinded. They just work, 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 work. So. Um, looking back, it sort of had its positives and its negatives because some of my trauma is, you know, as being a young kid, you, you want some love sometimes, you know what yeah, I mean? Sure. You, I never thought it made any difference to me, but as I've got older, you know, and working through my trauma, some of the experience of just having nobody to be able to turn to at such a young age has now come back to, to haunt me. So did I have anybody that I used to look up to? The answer to your question is, and I'm not being an up myself here, is no, not really. I didn't. I had nobody. I didn't. I just, sport was a, a way of entertainment for me and I idolised people. Yeah. You know, like Pelé and soccer or... Maradona. Yeah, Maradona. You know, I, I, I loved that. But I didn't have really somebody that guided me or a mentor or... or so I didn't. And I was pretty... I was so shit at school that I actually rebelled against that. I don't know if you've heard on a, on a previous podcast, but I got expelled from, from grammar um, for basically uh, locking a teacher in a cupboard. Oh, she is. So, so just to cut a long story short, because um, I, I felt intimidated by all the other students there because they're very smart kids there. It's a highly populated um, Jewish school. There's a lot of, and they're very, very intelligent. A lot of Asians as well, very extremely intelligent. In actual fact, if you saw that these guys play sport, you would think, thank God you're intelligent because you're fucking hopeless at sport. We play and we'd be getting beat by 70 at halftime every game, all the time. It was the fucking, they couldn't catch a ball. It was a disgrace. But you look at the top 10%. When it came to the HSC, most of the students from that school were in it. Yeah, right. So anyway, I had this one teacher um, and I was one of the only wogs at the school. There's only two or three wogs at the school. There's not many wogs at that school. And he, I don't know if he just had a, a resentment against me or my ethnicity or – but he was – he used to pick on me all the time. Yeah, Every right. class he would pick on me. Anyhow, this one day in particular um, – it was last period on Friday and he was a, a commerce teacher. And in actual fact, at those days you were allowed to hit kids. He used to bash me all the time. Yeah, right. I'm not even joking. Not, when I say bash me, he, would, he was a foot, uh, like a football coach then, right, as a, he, that was his side gig. So he was a strong guy. Gyms were hardly heard of in those days. And every time he used to walk in to my class and where I'm sitting, he would fucking knock me on the head with his... Uh, with his knuckles, almost semi-concussed me. It, I was terrified to go to, to class every time. I'm not joking. Anyone that was at my school would probably back this up. Yeah, wow. Anyhow, so this one period, I was last period on Friday, and um, as soon as I walked into the, to the class, he'd segregate me from anybody else, so I'd have to sit on one side of the room and everybody else, so I wouldn't disrupt this class. I was no angel. I'll be honest with you, I was a fucking stirrer because I, I felt intimidated by everybody else that... I tried to just get my own comfort zone by disrupting classes and trying to make people laugh. Anyhow, so this one day, um, 
I sat down in the normal spot with like everybody else. I was like, I'm fucking off this guy. I'm, he can get fucked. I'm not going to sit on that corner. Fuck the corner. I'm sick of it. You know, <laughs> fuck me dead. I've been. Anyway, so he walked in and he said, oh, Fabry, what are you doing? I said, I just want to sit here. I'll be, I'll be good today. No, no, no. Anyway, we went backwards and forward. Anyway, I had to relent because I, I didn't want to get a fucking another knuckle sandwich over the head, right? So he puts me to the one side of the room. Now, and everyone else was on this side. Then he starts writing on the board. And in those days, it just converted from chalk to texter, right? And so we had to have a stationary cupboard because there was multiple colours that you could use, even though there's many chalk colours. But they decided to have a, uh, a, a walk-in wardrobe where you can have all your stationery in there, in also in the classrooms, right? Anyway, so he puts me on, on that side of the room and everyone is on this side and he's writing on a, on a whiteboard and then he turns around and he says, oh, Fabri, why aren't you writing down what I'm writing here? Everybody else has to write down this is your homework. I said to him, sir, I'm not being a smart ass and I don't want to cause any problems today, but where you have put me on this side of the room, the sun is shining on the board you're writing with a yellow texter. I can't see what you're writing. How am I supposed to write it? And he said to me, well, what do you want me to do about that? I said, well, fuck, you've only got two options. Yeah. <laughs> Option one is that you go and into your wardrobe and change your texter from a yellow one to a black one, or you move me on that side of the room so the sun's not shining on the board and I can see it. And he said to me, well, I'm not taking the, f the second option. I'm not going to move you to there. I'll change the colour for you, Fabry. I said, all right, go and do that. So he walks into the cupboard to go and change it. I walk there, fucking lock the cupboard, bang, lock the door, and I dismiss the class. <laughs> what did all the other boys do? Well, they were, because I was a stirrer. Yeah, yeah. They were scared to go against me because, you know, I really, was really popular. So they all left. I said, you guys, you're all dismissed. You're joking. <laughs> That's not the end of it. That's not the end of it. This is, this is last period Friday. Right, you're kidding. Not the whole no weekend. mobile phones. Not the All whole weekend. Surely not. Sunday. <laughs> no way, mate. Sunday. So I forgot I forgot completely about him. I went home, played on the street. Why would I? How old are you? I was 13 or year, yeah, 10, whatever, yeah. what, what, year 10, whatever year yeah. 10 was. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I didn't even think about it. So I'm walking to school on Monday morning. I got off the bus and I'm wondering, why is everybody outside the school? They're all waiting for me because the headmaster was scared if this guy catches me, he'll kill me. The teacher. 100. Yeah, wow. His wife reported to the police. You would have thought the janitor or somebody would have fucking found yeah, him. Yeah. Or, you know, they cleaned the school. Yeah. And that was the story. <laughs> so after that story, um, what were the consequences of that? And if one of the consequences was you going into uh, a bit of a lock-in, or was that not what happened? Um, My question is, how did how did how did that happen? Are you talking about how how did I end up yeah. in custody? It wasn't it wasn't because of the teacher or. No. Or something no. else? No, a long time had passed since then. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, you know what led me to there was 
basically my addiction, mm-hmm. the gambling addiction. Um, the reason being is that I was always looking for ways to support my addiction. And it, so there's money is the only way. Um, and I would never do anything illegal myself, but I knew people who were doing illegal things and getting fast money. So I met a person um, in a gym. I was working, I was training in a gym and he knew I was a square head. I don't, what's the definition to you guys when I say square head? Like that, straight edge? Yeah, okay. So let's use that, hey? I was a really stra- a straight head. Um, so I would like, I, I found it, I, I, I enjoyed hanging around people who had a little bit of character with them. Like it would do shady things or just, you know. Uh, basically, I think this is a really good way of actually describing it. I wanted to be a gangster, but I was, I'm not a gangster. Sure. Like I'll wear swag and, you know, I've got a nice up mood chain. And, <laughs> um, so I'm like, I like the swag that comes with all that type of style. In those days, rappers, uh, sorry, in these days, rappers have got those types of reputations. In my days back then, there wasn't that many gangs, but, or, or stuff like that. But it was, there was an underworld element that I was always intrigued about, to be honest. Uh, in the eighties and nineties, um, so what happened was that this guy, we, him, and I became good friends, and he was training me. He was he was older than I am, and had a really good knowledge of core fitness, and I know, and that was one area that I needed to really improve in was my core. Um, so I actually was um, a doctor that I was seeing. He told he recommended I go and see this guy. So we became really good friends. And, and honestly, even to this day right now, we're still friends. Yep. And I know he never really meant to hurt me. Uh, so it came an opportunity one day, he dropped me home from the gym. And he said, oh, you live here? And I had a triple garage I was hiring, and, and renting, sorry. And I still rent because of the fucking gambling. And, I wanna, and I'm trying to send a message to your guys that if they do do this, it's honestly, it's a road to nowhere. Yeah, for sure. Um, I still rent and I'll probably never – and you probably think, well, how do you get a a watch like that? The reason I have a watch like that is because I trained a guy's kids who owns mines. Right. He gave that to me as a present. Oh, wonderful. Um, So it was a wonderful present uh, and something I'm really, really proud of. Um, But I had no idea it was like – he said, don't open it here. You open it in your own time. I didn't even know. It was like, oh, my gosh. Anyway – so he dropped me home and he saw that I had a triple garage. And he said, oh, do you use all these garages? And I said, oh, not really. I had one, a little bit of gym equipment over there, and the other two, I don't. He said, do you mind if I rent the other garages off you? And I needed the money. I was just working at Optus as a salesperson. And um, he said, do you mind if I rent the garages off you and you can earn some extra money? I said, mate, fuck, knock yourself out. You can do whatever you want. I'm not going to sit here and say to you that I didn't know that what he was – I didn't actually know what he was putting in there, but I gathered it had to be a some, someone to, to take the attention away from himself. Yeah. I knew it would happen. But I thought, fuck, I don't give a shit what you put in there. As long as it's not dead people, fucking put whatever you want in there, right? Anyhow, I was getting fuck all in terms of – I was getting $100 a week. When you think about the price it's paid cost me, which I'll talk about, and you put it in the scheme of things, it doesn't ever make any sense. It lasted about six weeks 
he was under surveillance. I didn't know. I had no idea he was under surveillance. Um, oh, wow. So they saw him keep coming to my garage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I, we'll do the maths, right? Six by 100, I've earned $600, right? I come home from Optus one night. I, I, was, I used to finish at 8 o'clock at night. On the way home, I used to always ring my wife to make sure because she was pregnant that she was okay if she needed anything on the way home. We had a phone that um, had easy calls. So even if you were on the phone, because she didn't have a mobile at that, at that stage. I had one. It was a company one. Mobiles were fucking... They were... They used to look – they were about that big. So it was actually a hassle to have a mobile phone because they were so big to carry it that in the early days. So I was ringing, ringing, ringing while I was driving home. Phone was engaged, always engaged, always. Now, I still didn't have any idea, but if you know now, the first thing is when, the, when they smash on your door, the coppers, the first thing they do back then is so make sure you can't contact anybody. Now they just take your mobiles off you. They take the phone off the receiver. So nobody can get through. I didn't even think that. Anyway, I just thought, fuck, I wonder why this phone, there must be something wrong with the phone. So anyway, I finally get in, I was going to blast. I said, fuck, I've been trying to call you. I was worried sick. As soon as I walk into the door, the SWAT team, there's fucking coppers jumping out left, right and centre, wow. guns and everything in my face. Like, what's going on? So I put two and two together. I thought, oh, fuck, don't tell me. Anyway, cut a long story short, I shut my mouth shut my mouth, I did my time, I didn't, it cost me 50000 going to court, I heard 100000 when I when I came out because money had to be given to my wife to be able to support ourselves and I just did my time. So you know how hard it is to sit in a cell to think, I don't even know what I'm in here for. Yeah. I mean, he'll tell you that I'm not that type of guy but it didn't matter. The lesson you learn is if you Play in the kitchen, you get burnt, cop it on the chin. Yeah. Always. So that was a pretty tough time for me. And, you know, I was, I didn't even know, I find it hard to survive out here. With all the resources you have, I thought, well, how is my mental, how am I going to survive this? You'd be surprised how resilient you are. Yeah, sure. You, when you have to find things, you know, you know, there are these stories you hear about people floating in the water for three days. I think they just found some guy who floated for fucking three days. How do they survive? You, you find a way. And it's true. You actually do. And to be honest, <laughs> towards the end, I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, right. Because I had peace and I, and I learned from myself. And you know what I was? I was abstinent from my addiction. Yeah. So that's that story. And it really... It came back to fuck me up because, you know, getting fame, um, as you know, people, as you'll find out, people will look for things to fuck you up. And a journalist found out that I was in jail, so wrote about that. I ended up getting the sack from my normal job. I had to do this job. I had to have a job because I was almost unemployable now. Who's yeah. going to employ a person when 17 resumes hit their desk and you see one that says you've been in custody, that's the first one you're going to fucking get rid of. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. You know, and so it's, it's, it was very, very difficult. I went through some – you had to show some real tenacity. Yeah. The usual question when, when someone describes a lower moment in their life is what was, what was the lowest moment into that moment? Yeah. But I wanted to ask you, what was the happiest moment while, while you were incarcerated? 
what was the happiest yes. moment? You're going to think that this is the weirdest answer of all. Do you know what was the happiest moment for me while I was in there? Because I saw it happen to so many other people. I, I was so happy that I had an outside family that had that I, that I was that I had no problems that I had security with because I wasn't worried about if my wife or girlfriend was fucking Tom Dick and Harry or whatever else I had none of these problems 85% of the fights that happen in jail are usually frustration for people not being able to control the scenarios out there so they take right. it out with yeah, their yeah, yeah. within with, and I didn't have that sh issue yeah. I didn't give a shit if if you needed to speak to your wife 50 times a day, which is what they all these fuckwits do all the time, they ring up and harass them, where are you, what are you doing? I didn't give a shit if I never used the phone ever. I didn't have anything like that. I was very, very fortunate that I had good security around me. So that was a blessing that I had because I didn't do drugs. Most of the fights or stabbings or killings are either drugs related or outside control it they can't control anymore which they can't get in their head exactly. that that's over that side and just kick along and do your time that was the blessing that i found cool that's great and i've adapted that to my lifestyle now yeah. i work with my therapy that i try not to stress on things that you can't control yeah. what's going to happen tomorrow is going to happen what why do why do you stress about it it causes you anxiety yeah yeah sure wow so Big, big life then, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. It's a colourful one. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for sharing. That's great. No, you're welcome. And, and then, I, so what's next for Roger? So what's next now is, um, so replacing my um, addiction, I've now focused more on my business. So I have a lot of downtime because my prime times, if you understand the life of a person in the fitness industry, is either before and after school or before and after work. Yep. That's when we can get a capture of you guys, right? So in the middle of the days, we have a lot of downtime and it's lonely because there's nobody around. You guys are all at work. I'm by myself. I used to always just find myself running to my addiction just to pass the time, but it didn't make sense. Like if I'm earning $1,000 a day, hypothetically, and then I go to the tab and lose 3,000, how does that even make sense? So what I've done, what I'm doing, and this is my goal, is just to, I wanted to, I want to die and I just want to see how good my business can be before I die. Yeah, I want cool. to, and I'm trying to project everything. I've changed the quality of my content. I have a business manager. Instead of throwing this money away, I keep investing into my own business. So my goal is before I go away, I want to just see if I can be good at one thing and leave a great business behind. Yeah, amazing. So that's more my energy is, is going on to that. Um, and I've been enjoying, I've, I've been really enjoying seeing some really good results come up. I've, I've run into hurdles. One thing that I have decided for sure, I'm not a fucking business manager. I have no idea on business. Every business decision I made prior to me getting a business manager went kaput. I lost my asshole. I, I used to think to myself, I'd rather put the money into the tab. At least I could have enjoyment of it. I always just had no idea. There is a right way and a right way to wrong a right of business. And I decided I'll get somebody who's good at that. And ever since then, it's been taken a little bit of tailor-making and tweaking, but slowly but surely in an area where the environment, the community right now is, is pretty tough. Small business owners are doing really hard things and I try and support them as hard as, as much as possible. But times are not easy out there, but touch wood, 
mine's okay. Yeah, it looks like you're killing it as well. A lot of athletes, some yeah. in the Commonwealth Games winning. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, I have to be honest, with the end of the day, the NRL put me on the map. Yeah. And I like yeah. to thank to that, that because all the players that everybody knows are just NRL players. So I, as I said to you previously, or as you noticedly said, uh, I couldn't make my money out of track and field. I had to be with people that get in the limelight yep. and try and hopefully make a change in their life, which would make me give get some highlight. Yeah, right. sure. Amazing. And so I saw... Your heavy out. Your main platform is Instagram, so you're putting a lot of content out there. Yeah, where is that the only place you're putting content? Yeah, out? because I, I again, uh, I don't want to get into a position where that's there's so many platforms. Fuck me, Dad. If I go and open TikTok and Facebook, yeah. and I was already spend too much time on it as it is. I know everybody says, oh, you can uh, just post on one thing, and then it goes to three different platforms at the same time. But then that's three different areas. I have to look at responses and see how it's progressing. Um, maybe that could be an area that – but if I do do that, I would ask I'd, – I'd get somebody to run it for me. So yeah, I have two handles. One is Mr. Roger Fabry, which is just all my personal fucking crazy weird. I'll never change that because it gives me joy. And if it's not politically correct and you're worried about me, then don't fucking go to that page because it's weird as all fuck. The other one <laughs> – the Roger Fabry Speed Academy, I have no access to it. My business manager runs it. <laughs> I have no access yeah. to it. I don't even know what the password, although she wouldn't yeah, let me have it. Ours. And all, all, everything that's on there is professional and proper content. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. So if you come to follow me, don't fucking judge me by the way what you see on that because I'm a fucking great coach. But what you see on there is weird and it, it's, that's how I am. It makes me laugh. It makes you laugh and if you're happy to have a really – open mind then go and have some fucking fun with me yeah i love that the authentic page i've watched a few of the videos they're yeah. quite fun and interesting yeah. and even your entrance today was awesome thank you <laughs> very I look, unique I, you know what I, I thanks for having me on and it's been I, I really enjoyed myself i really do every time i um get invited to go on one i'm always hesitant because i know that i enjoy them and then somebody else will hit me up and i haven't got i don't like saying no sure. i started from somewhere yeah, definitely. And you've got to support somebody. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no. And if I can give you guys a little bit of fire, well, so be it. No, thank you so thank much you. again for coming on, Roger. You're welcome. So, guys, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. You can find us on YouTube. Um, it'll be out on Spotify as well. And then, Roger, what were your two Instagram handles again, just for everyone? So we've got Mr. Roger Fabry, which is me, or the Roger Fabry Speed Academy, which is my business manager. Perfect. So if you're looking for content, uh, that's going to help you athletically, go there. If you want somebody to pull your cock or put some three or four fingers in your asshole, then, then go into go on to my one because I, I like... I and like, if you need assistance, you get George. <laughs> George. George is the fucking biggest Greek fucking poof you've ever met in your life. <laughs> and it's actually a true story oh that's it's so true. funny it's true but Roger thank you again thank so you guys, much you're welcome thanks um, Elliot yeah thank you Elliot we miss you man yeah and fuck you Elliot I don't even know what you fucking look like so. <laughs> <laughs> thanks guys thank see ya